Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Something uh, was said to me the other day um, by my oldest son, and it made me emotional because he said something that, uh, you know, because you just keep moving and doing what you're doing. But one of the things he said to me, he said, Dad, and I know how busy he is, he says, you know what's amazing? He's on the phone. He says, remember, we used to always, all these products we've been around since we were kids that you always teeter with in the garage, Mercury, and you literally would go to Bass Pro Shop like every Friday or Sunday after church. And then he talked about, he says, now you're the face. He said, that, that is so incredibly impressive. He says, you know, and I never expect to hear this from your son. He's like, but man, I'm proud to call you dad. That did me in. I was like, man, really? I'm like, look here, man. You ain't supposed to be trying to make me cry. I got a meeting in a minute. I can't be doing that to me. But it did did something to me because just when you think uh, your kids uh, don't hear you and you instruct them and tell them all these things, and but the one thing that they do more than anything is watch what you do more than what you say. Wow, I cannot believe it. We are on our 20th episode of Impact Outdoors podcast here today, and we have got an incredible guest, um, Mr. Ronnie Green of A Fishing Story, the TV show. And man, I can't tell you enough good things about Ronnie. He's been a blessing to me and my wife over the last few years, getting to know him and and, uh, being involved with, um, with what he's got going on in the TV world and stuff. And and uh, just kind of through a chance meeting um, through a good friend of mine, Willard. And and um, this is going to be our last show from our Florida tour and uh, wrapping it up with a good one here. So um, this story is going to take us from all over Texas to Florida, Oklahoma, a lot of different places across the country and the fishing world and, and the sports world and a lot of cool things, a lot of cool s- small stories coming out of this. And, and I can't wait for everybody to listen to it. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, um, 
taking the time to listen to our show. We really appreciate it and hope you get something out of it. So um, without further ado, let's get straight to the podcast this week. And here is Mr. Ronnie Green. Okay, so we are uh, glad to have my great friend, Mr. Ronnie Green, on the show today from A Fishing Story, the TV show. Hey, and, hey, uh, hey. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing fantastic. It's always good to see my brother from another mother. It's so good to see you, man. A I'm fellow so Texan. Um, that this all worked out, you know, um, this little uh, Florida podcast trip I'm doing this week, and uh, um, it's always hard timing with people. Yeah. So everything worked out, and it's always a blessing to be here with you today. Yeah, so man. Thank you so much, and uh, um Gosh, I guess we met, when was that, 2017, yeah. 2018? So it's been about three, uh-huh. three, maybe four years ago. I can't remember exactly, but uh, um, you uh, stunned me uh, at ICAST a few years back and, and asked me to be a guest on your show, uh-huh. which really surprised me, I guess, and I think you said that too when you asked me, but uh, um, <laughs> it was a real honor to be on there with my wife, you know, and, and you and your production crew, and that was a really incredible experience that not a lot of people get to, to have, and uh, thank you for that. Well, thank you, man. Uh, we were so honored to have you and Char. I mean, you guys have become like family. I keep track of your kids, and oh, yeah. and I tell you what, man, that show did really, really well. And you know I'm always a little partial to my fellow Texans. <laughs> you know, you know how that is. I yeah. live in Florida, but I'm always going to be that Texan man. Yep. So that was a. It was kind of a cool deal. And when we first met, um, it was on a fishing trip, and uh, we got to go on together, and uh, um, quickly realized uh, how many people we knew in common, mm-hmm. and our Oklahoma roots, yes. and, and the Texas connection, <laughs> and. And, uh, it, man, it is a small world. It really is. So, um, but um, I really, I want, you know, you do a lot of great things, and you have a very unique um, way of uh, incorporating stories mm-hmm. um, through the television platform about people from all walks of life, adults, kids, people struggling with different things, and all how it comes back to centering around the sport and love of fishing. Yes. Which is really cool. And, um, you know, I really want to learn... Um, what people know about you know you know where you, where you started at back in Texas you know like where you're born, growing up I know you have a really cool background in sports and the military uh-huh. and you know you've dipped your feet in the corporate world and the tournament fishing world uh-huh. and, and now the TV world and the so kind of tell us about Ronnie Green and and uh, how the heck this all came about. Well, I, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, seventy-one thirty-five Laurel Valley in San Antonio. Went to West Campus High School, and uh, I love Texas, man. There's something special about Texas mm-hmm. and very unique. Um, people have to live it to understand it. They think of cowboys and that kind of thing, but Texas has such a broad spectrum of people, yep. cultures, different ways of doing things and it's just a great place to live florida is the closest thing <laughs> you know state income tax well, we kind can of see thing. you across the pond <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yes and, and uh, so growing up in texas uh obviously i end up going to school at, at texas tech uh university Lubbock. yes yeah. west texas good turkey it's hunt too man out there <laughs> yes it is 
Make sure you have a lot of dusters because it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of dust, man. man. You collect a lot over there. So, uh, what was that like going uh, from San? Because there's a big difference between San Antonio and Lubbock. I mean, yes, terrain it is. And, and just you know going into college. I mean, you're immersed yeah. in so much different culture yes. and everything. I mean, how was that experience for it you? It was interesting because you know Central Texas has you know we're right close to the coast, and then you have several lakes around Choke Canyon, Bronig mm-hmm. Lake, Calaveras. All that good stuff close to San Antonio. And you go to West Texas, the more west you go, the more desolate it gets yep. and flat and Very lots flat. of dirt, red dirt. Yeah. And so it, the elevation changes as well. So it was a very unique experience, about five or six hours away. Uh, come home every so often. But at the end of the day, I think it was just far enough to have my independence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every young man and young woman need to have a certain level, especially if you're a mama's boy like myself. You don't want to go too far, yeah. uh, but you want to go far enough to have a certain level of independence. And Texas Tech was a perfect fit for me. Yeah. And I think, um, and what did you study? What was your degree? Education. Okay. Yeah. Study education and because uh, I love to teach. And it was a fantastic opportunity for me. And while I was there, uh, my junior year, I, I went into uh, the Marine Reserves and spent a summer in San Diego. Uh, nice. Uh, Platoon 2050. I that uh, was an adventure. It was an adventure <laughs> and a half. And then it got better because I felt like, you know what, um, and just so you know, I was being recruited as a officer candidate in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. One of the things the instructor told me, who's an officer candidate recruiter, what are you doing? You don't have to go there. Why don't you just go to OCS after you graduate? Well, I told him, I said, I grew up next to Lackland Air Force Base, but we never had anyone in my family that was a Marine. He yeah. said, well, you had military. I said, again, we never had anyone that was a Marine. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was going to be a different uh, plight for me. So I felt like I'm going to take some steps to actually feel like that I understand a little bit better about the Marine Corps because it's a different, different breed of uh, soldier Marine Mm -hmm. service, so to speak. And uh, it was the best thing I've ever done because I didn't realize that the following summer I was at OCS. And so I had an opportunity to really experience as an enlisted person for that summer uh, and as a reservist. And then when I became an officer and earned the title as an officer, um, there was a level of respect that I had, even though I wasn't technically in the fleet. And the fleet is considered active duty out and doing your thing as a yeah. Marine. It was a reservist. But going through uh, the basic training as an enlisted person the summer before, and then being what is called an honor graduate. Honor graduate meaning you were the best shooter, uh, um, and then fitness, PFT, and then your academics solid so that culmination adds up and you become you get these special awards so that was a big deal to me Mm -hmm. so when i went to ocs i felt like that i had i I literally earned Earned uh, yeah to be an officer to lead men yeah that's uh that's amazing and uh how long were you in the marine corps six years in dog years that's a hundred (laughs) years yes <laughs> according to my body and yeah, all the aches and pains yeah so well that's uh man thank you for your service thank and, you um, it's a you know that's a big choice it is for people to do to go into the military and stuff and um, um 
I know I know you probably had a lot going on at the time when you were at Tech, you know, and, and mm-hmm. one of the other things I know that you were very passionate and very good at was your track and field career yes. there. And, um, I so like I mean, to run the, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, you were quite the speedster back in the day, I think, weren't you? They, that's what they tell me, <laughs> but I learned my skill sets running from the <coughs> belt from my dad. That's how you can get fast pretty quick. <laughs> so, actually, we were just very competitive uh, kids. Mm-hmm. So it was three brothers before the two sisters came along a little bit later. Uh, and, and three brothers with a lot of testosterone growing up. And your poor mom is all you could say, you know, having yeah. to deal with all of that competitiveness. I don't care we're oh. eating. Who can eat the fastest? I don't care if it was like who can cut the yard the best. Who can do everything was a competition. So we're always testing our metal, not knowing that it was giving you a certain level of, of prowess in in motor skills mm-hmm. and uh and that was fishing that was hunting we were hunting rabbits and doing all kinds of stuff my poor mother had to deal with a lot of stuff and she was kind of like the don't bring any of that around here kind of thing and we brought it all turtle yeah. mom can you make some turtle soup oh my gosh she's like throwing up storing the yeah. <laughs> night crawlers in the yeah. kitchen refrigerator that's and right everything. <laughs> yeah. and uh so it, it was it was really good um and, and it allowed me to understand what I was made of as well. I think that we all have certain levels of chapters in our life. And the, the sports side was just one chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was allowing me to d- demonstrate the same thing I d- demonstrated in the Marine Corps, who you are. Yeah. Because I came in um, and there was the likes of, in my so-called class, you have Michael Johnson, who became the world record holder joe deloach who was actually the 100 meter uh, uh champion mm-hmm. leroy burrell andre Kaysen, uh, uh raymond stewart uh from jamaica olibai adenikin from byu i mean you had the whole nine and i will never forget my freshman year the finals of the 200 meters mm-hmm. you know i'm in lane three Michael Johnson's lane four, Joe DeLoach is five, Leroy Burrell. And all I remember is the gun going off, and it was just like a blurb. I just remember everyone going, whoo. <laughs> so you knew, and we looked up at the clock, and I was like, 19. This is when 19 was not as common. It was like 198-something, when dated. And this is college. And I'm thinking, what have I got myself into? Um, but I got sixth and ran like a 20.4. Mm. That's just crazy. It's unheard of. Yeah, and well, so. Running against world champions. And yes. Yeah. And I had a lot of great friendships. Yeah. Me and Mike used to always see each other because Clyde and Corky were always pretty close. And when we go to the national championship, it's because our two coaches hung out a lot, me and Mike would hang out a lot. That's and cool. then some of the guys from Baylor and then, you know, some the, the guys from U of H would hang out together, and, and, and TCU had a lot of uh, folks from Jamaica. Uh, most mm-hmm. of their team was from Jamaica, so they all hung out. And so you developed a lot of different friendships. And then when Mike ends up breaking the world record, I'm just like, wow. I always knew he had it in him. I raced against that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I beat him indoors, man. But he wore me out outdoors. So, But I, it was just a good experience. And, again, you find out uh, what you're made of. Mm-hmm. And there's that one thing that you learn, the intangible skill set that you got from your mother and father about hard work, no matter what it was, whether it was the military, 
whether it's athletics, yeah. which led to ultimately corporate America as well. The same principle still exists. Mm-hmm. That hard work and keeping your head down. It pays off. It pays off, man. And it's not just cliche. It's not just a colloquialism that we most of the time hear from friends. It's legitimate. That's the thing. It may not pay off instantaneously like we want it to. Right. But it's going to. It will. You know, you, you dedicate yourself to something, and, and you're living proof of that. And and uh, that's really cool, man, to have that. And and I know um, from following you on some of the stuff that you share about your uh-huh. nephews and, and sure. nieces and stuff, and that, uh, that speed has continued yes. in your family. And uh looks like you got some uh probably some uh, NF more NFL pros coming up. And, uh, I your family's think been so. really blessed in the sports world, so we have. What's interesting is my dad didn't have a very strong relationship with his father, but he was the beginning of all of the athletic prowess. Um I don't think he even knew. Um his uncles and, and so on so forth didn't really participate at a high level. My dad was a very average uh, uh, athlete, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He went to high school uh, with the likes of Warren McVeigh, and they were both running backs at Wheatley High School and, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. But one of the things he was good at is the hard work part. He saw the potential when we were younger, so he was always that coach for all of us. Mm-hmm. So this is like he's coming home, and he has on suit and tie and doing his thing, and he has us in the front yard, and this is, we're supposed to be at the school by 5, getting ready for our, our game at 7.30. And he's showing us moves. He's like, I need you to try this tonight. This is what you do. And you're practicing, and you're kind of embarrassed because you got all your friends watching you in the front yard uh, playing football, so to speak, with your dad. But he was actually coaching us. And I think those traditions have been passed on to all of us. So we all raise, we all help raise our nieces and nephews mm-hmm. with the same type of passion my dad did with us. Everybody gives advice, whether it's corporate America, whether it's this, whether it's sports, whatever the case may be, um, we really push. I have a daughter who is currently at the University of Nevada, and she is a trooper. That is, She's her daddy's clone, <laughs> and she's no joke. And uh, she, she's some kind of athlete. My son's. Uh, were athletes. Uh, one of them went to the Naval Academy. One went to New Mexico State. Yeah. So it, it's just amazing. And yeah. it's it's so amazing to watch when you listen and learn based on what you know about your skill sets. What's funny is my dad had a conversation with his three sons. He's like, I'm just going to tell you right up front. I don't have no money sending you to college, but God gave you a gift. You better use it to get your school paid for it. I was like, uh I'm only 10 years old and you're having this conversation with me. Really? But it was, it was very important. So we understood that take that passion and use it to get you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So we all were able to graduate using the assets and the gifts that we were given. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, because I was not very athletic. I liked playing basketball and played baseball growing up and stuff. But um mm-hmm. My wife was very talented yes. in sports, and uh, you know we're both pretty tall, so yes. uh, we've definitely passed those genes along <laughs> to our kids, so I'm really hoping that uh, the height helps them. Yes, it goes a long <laughs> way. And, uh, my daughter, man, she is one of the most coordinated, wow. hand-eye coordinated kids I've ever seen, man. Just pick mm. stuff up really quick, and uh, I'm really excited what she does. I mean, we're uh, we're planning on getting her into the sports 
stuff this year because she really wanted to but with everything that happened of course sure you know we kind of hesitate on that a little bit but um probably hopefully maybe this fall um we'll get her into some stuff but uh but man you know and, and you talk about your dad a lot and i know you had a, a really strong relationship there and, yeah. and uh i mean you've got to do some fishing and stuff with him yeah i mean one of the shows i seen you did, you did yeah with your that and, uh, was a lot of cool it was a very interesting show and let me tell you why because some of the things that i knew you know you obviously know your dad and mm-hmm. and he was there all the time and helping us and always involved in whatever we did in school and and athletics and whatnot but what was interesting is i found out a few things on the show which is yeah. can be an emotional experience uh within itself so it took everything that i owned and had within me to stay focused on trying to get this show complete mm-hmm. because I was overwhelmed emotionally, just raw emotion, just hearing his story and hearing him talk about some things and then hearing him talk about me, my brothers, my sisters individually. He yeah. called us out by name. And uh, it was it was incredible because um, I, I call him the man among men because he grew, out, grew up without his father around. Mm-hmm. And it takes a special man to adopt adopt the ability to raise good men although you didn't have you didn't have that background man that's a powerful thing that's like the immaculate conception uh, to a certain degree in the sense of raising boys and 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 young women Mm -hmm. and so i think he did a phenomenal job because one of the things that he stuck with more than anything was hard work if that Mm -hmm. man saw you sleep past 7 a.m great day in the morning it's gonna be an earthquake in your room and uh, we have plenty of earthquakes and don't ever miss the trash you know my dad was all about making sure you had the trash out before the trash man went you know what was interesting we got creative if we missed knowing that if he came home and found out that we missed trash day we would get in our car listen for the sound of the trash man's truck put the trash cans in the back of our vehicle it was a capri at the time and literally chased the trash man around hey you missed our kids (laughs) (laughs) well we never saw yours out there but what it showed you is uh, um he taught us find a way to get it done yeah within reason and legally and uh yeah i've been there a few times (laughs) you're supposed to take trash out (laughs) why is it still full yeah man but um yeah but so I know growing up in Texas, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, earlier about, you know, it's just one of those things you have to experience it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Texas, you know, I, I guess everybody, you know, I'm from Oklahoma originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I got there as fast as I could. <laughs> was when I was a kid, I said, I will never move to Texas. You <laughs> that know, rivalry. Was, um, you know, with OU and OSU yeah. and all the rivalries with the Texas teams yes. and everything. He's like, I ain't moving. I never lived down there. Uh-huh. All the crazy people. And, uh-huh. shoot, I'll probably never leave now. Oh, you yeah, know? And, man. And, uh, love, really blessed to be able to raise my family there and, yes. uh, and stuff. And um, But, um, you know, growing up, you know, with your family and stuff, and where where did the passion for, like, you said you, you hunted and all, all this stuff. I mean, where did that start? Was it with your dad, or I know you've mentioned your grandmother and stuff before. Great and, uh, grandmother. Yeah. So it started with my dad, and my dad was all about. Uh, he's the type of person. Uh, he didn't like to uh, find someone else to do it. 
he always believed in that the big word in our house was initiative if you mm. see some trash on the floor don't just walk by it Very it better be gone that now yes <laughs> and i didn't realize it was that way until i went to college but one of the things he did was instead of my kids uh learning fishing from someone else and he was not a fisherman he fished mm -hmm. a few times with his grandmother our great-grandmother he took us out now it was not the experience we really wanted okay yeah so we go out and it's like that there's no fish in here hush boy because you got to be quiet when you catch fish all of the wrong things you know a two ounce weight fishing for uh, bluegill mm -hmm. things hitting the bottom and you know all this noise and this that and other but yeah. we sit back and try not to laugh um but he taught us enough for us to graduate to fishing with my great-grandmother she's the one that literally that's that was her life she loved awesome. to fish mm -hmm. and it was a way of life for her um because the generation she grew up in was one one generation or so removed from slavery so that was a way of life living fishing mm -hmm. food that kind of thing and hence i would get a lot of those stories hanging out with her going fishing yeah and i would be that, it was unbelievable i didn't realize the the, the extent That's time, right? yes yeah um, and then when I realized all that I, I gained so much knowledge about even stuff that my dad didn't divulge mm -hmm. to us, I would hear from my great-grandmother. But she would never tell us when she was in the normal environment. It yeah. was always when you had me out fishing. There's something about um, fishing with people. Mm-hmm. Start opening up and, and talking mm -hmm. about stuff, you know, that you normally wouldn't, just like you said. Yes. It's really weird. And I think that goes right into how you got your TV show started. So That's basically how a yeah. fishing story was born from yeah. my great-grandmother, yeah. uh, Macy Green. She took us out there, and, and I learned a lot about fishing. And uh, the interesting thing is I realized a lot of those fish we shouldn't have been eating, for real. Okay. Catfish, uh, drum, river drum, all kinds yeah. of fish. But we didn't know any better because she just she taught us how to clean them, and and she 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 made sure that uh, we did all the right things. It was more like work at first, mm -hmm. but then when she started telling the stories, that's what I absorbed more than anything. Because she would fish all day, all night. Yeah. And I'd take a nap, and she's like, "Where are you going? You getting sleepy? Go in there and sleep in the car." <laughs> you know that kind of thing. I had. Um my great grandmother on my mother's side growing up, I, I have memories of her, and she passed away when I was a kid. But uh, I remember because I had really early memories of fishing. I mean, nobody believed me. I remember being like on a boat when I was like two or three, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, just certain things ingrained in my head. And and um, but I always remember being young, going to visit her, and when we go fishing or something, and um, she'd always. Old Indian, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's how family's on the Creek Indian side, and mm. uh, she'd always spit on the Minna's left <laughs> eye. I used and to. she chewed tobacco. She had a little <laughs> red purse. She carried her tobacco in, chewing that tobacco in. And, uh, wow! And she could catch fish like nobody's business. Wow! And um, you know, I think that you know, starting out, that's same thing. That's what kind of what exactly. It's like I got a fish. Exactly. You know? And then I had more of the passion. Than my brothers and sisters. So I became like her fishing partner. Mm -hmm. Even, uh, I'll never forget the day we were at, uh, what was this river? Uh, not far from Corpus. 
oh my goodness Nueces or something I forget yeah. so we were at the river and uh, she wanted to show me off I'd just come back from OCS and she would introduce me because she had their friends that would always fish down there mm-hmm. she said I want to meet you. I want you to meet so and so and so she's like this is my my great grandson he's an officer in the Marines she has so much pride introducing me and the lady's like, oh, Macy, he's such a handsome young man. And i never forget the comment she made after uh, she introduced me. And she said that. She goes, now, Ronnie, let's go. Let's get over here and fish where we're fishing. Sometimes that woman try to act grown sometimes. She's just too fast for me. <laughs> I was like, wow. But I miss those days because now you really, really hold on to them because they had so much value. They had value then. But the, 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 the incredible information imparted to you, you felt privileged to have that because it was a history lesson that you wouldn't get in the classroom. It was a history lesson you wouldn't get just sitting around talking to the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. This is one-on-one time, you know, passing the time while you're fishing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, man, I mean, that's just so cool that you have those memories of spending that time with your, with your great-grandmother, man. That's uh, not a lot of people get to do that. No. So, well, after, you know, after the school at Lubbock, the tech, and then the, the Marine Corps service, you know, where was your path taken from there? I know you went in the corporate, like, medical yes. sales, and did it go straight into that Yes, or? right into, so I, I, I my uh, uh, service ended in uh, July of 1995, and literally... Um, two months later, I was with Abbott Laboratories. They have several divisions. I was in the diagnostic divisions. The division that we know of as now as the country because of COVID, the rapid test that they're using is from that division. Okay. So uh, I was part of that selling hematology, clinical chemistry, and immunology, what we consider CBCs, TSHT uptake, and of course, HDLs, all those assays that run on instruments. So mm-hmm. we sold all those high-end instruments to hospitals and doctors, and I became very, very successful. And it, there it is again, that same thing. I didn't have necessarily the, the clinical background like some of the folks that were there that were dropouts from medical school that were uh, uh, clinicians in a previous life med techs and that kind of thing but the one thing that I had was the intangibles of initiative and hard work Mm -hmm. so literally I just exploded there uh, rep of the year a few times president's club constantly so it traveled all over the world and won a lot of different things and made a lot of great money got promoted the whole nine yards this is when you, you, you started working up in Oklahoma. In Tulsa, Tulsa Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's Great a, place to live, by the way. Lots of places to fish up there. Yeah. <laughs> and then that wasn't too far from Branson, where I'd take my family in the yeah. fall. Yeah. White River, a little fly fishing, and do mm-hmm. a little table rock, a little bass. area. Yes, Man, it I is. I miss it for sure. So um, I didn't grow up too far from there. So, mm-hmm. But uh, we fished a lot of the same lakes that we found out. Oh, yeah. Know, in the... Who knows? I think we might have been on Mountain Lake at the same time. We probably one, were. At one point. <laughs> didn't even know it. <laughs> That's so right. We might have met 20 years ago. It didn't even yeah. realize it, you know? Yep. So, well, that's cool. And then, uh, so, you know, obviously now you've got the TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, where did that transition start? I mean, what made you 
you know, being in the corporate world and then, uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, how did that all come about? I wish I can say that I planned every aspect of my life. But the one thing that I did plan on is being flexible because life takes you on so many different journeys. Sometimes detours that you didn't expect to go, Mm -hmm. um, you end up going. So being very successful in the medical device and sales industry, uh, you know, it it took a turn. Um, My mother passed away. And then uh, while she was on her deathbed, we knew she was transitioning. And she was fairly young. But when she was transitioning, one of the things she said is, she says, Ronnie, uh, you, I know what you, you wanted to make a lot of money. You I was driven by that because yeah. I wanted to do a lot of things for her. I bought her a car, paid cash for it. I took her out of the country. I do all kinds of things for my yeah. mother, you know, and that's what boys do. It's mm-hmm. typical. Um, not that dad doesn't count, but you know how we are with our yeah. moms. It's mom, you yeah. know, so... At the end of the day, she she said, I, I, w- I just wish you would stop killing yourself. And I never knew she knew that it was killing me inside in the sense of emotionally that wasn't able to do what I wanted to do because I was focused on my family and that was yeah. my highest priority. But she says, Be- before you leave here, meaning transition, um, do what you love. Because you got a passion that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how your mother, you don't tell her a lot of things. But she but knows. She knows. Yeah. You know how you sometimes talk to your mom on the phone. And you never said a word. And she's like, what's wrong? And you're like, mom, I, I never said. Yes. <laughs> mother instincts are, it's so powerful. And, and dads, we do our part too, but. Man, there's something special about a mom mm-hmm. when she's connected to her kids and, and, and knows how to read them when they probably can't even communicate that they're having some challenges. So she told me that. And after she transitioned, I made that move. Uh, at the same time, I ended up moving to Florida. And as part of my grieving process, I was fishing every single day mm-hmm. after work, before work. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And then times 12 hours a day with just fluids and a snack because I was grieving so hard. But not knowing that I was doing a lot of thinking and trying to get through the grief, I was getting better at what I've been doing since I was Mm -hmm. three, four years old. Ultimately, entered some bass tournaments, and then next you know, I fell in love with the competitive side of fishing, bass fishing. So I started doing more, and then the opportunity opened up where without compromising my family, I felt like it was a time for me to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's important because you got to take care of the family first and make sure they're good, getting ready to graduate, blah, 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 whole nine yards. So all of that went on, and uh, uh, next thing you know, I just things start happening and getting some sponsors, and then I start winning tournaments. I was like, hmm, there's something to this. And then you mm-hmm. get that competitive juice that you had when you were in track and field, can't do any running and stuff but you can actually still compete and that yeah. it just it was just there and I said wow and I could do this as long as I you know so then I said you know there's another side to fishing that I felt like was missing and uh, uh, one of which was people were not talking like what me and my great-grandmother was doing when I'd watch a TV show mm-hmm. and by chance only 
by chance. Uh, I don't believe in any mistakes. I was approached by a person um, about a show because they saw me speak on at, at a outside this the the, the fishing industry because they were the pro production team at uh, one particular place um, at a national sales meeting. Then they see me at another tournament. I come off the stage and I do my thing. I'm clowning, having a good time, and being myself just yeah. organically. She says, "You're you 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 know what? You're a TV host." And I was like, mm. You must have me mixed oh, up with yeah, somebody else. Yeah. Um, no, that's not me. You've got me mixed up with someone else. Ultimately, I sat there and talked to her. And, and at the time, I talked it over with my wife and did what she asked. And, and next thing you know, uh, the rest is literally history. Yeah. Not knowing that three years before, while I'm still dealing with grief, because you never, ever get over uh, losing your mother. I wrote a business plan. And, you know, you get creative and do a lot of things. It's 28-page business plan about what's missing in fishing and the stories. And so, ultimately, that was the business plan for a fishing story. Mm. Brought the concept, the idea, everything about it, built it from the ground up. And here we are today, going strong, telling it's stories. It's totally different because never, never been anything like it, you know, that I've seen in the outdoor industry. Sure. And, uh, usually, everything is just sponsored driven yes. you know you know this is you know, we're gonna go here we're gonna shoot a deer and yeah. this and that and there's yeah. really no there's no real dialogue mm -hmm. you know between the guests on their shows and, and i ain't calling anybody out in particular it's just mm -hmm. the way the industry's been but mm -hmm. you know you really develop something that's sport drama you know just emotional mm -hmm. you know a whole different level and um, um very unique and uh, done very well. Thank so, you so much. Um, and the show started, when was the first 2015. Year? 15. The very so, first show uh, yeah. on Saturday at 9 a.m. Never forget it. The day I saw myself on TV was the most nerve-wracking thing. Because you know how you look at yourself on TV like, oh, man. You know, you just harden yourself, it's and you're like, different. wow, there's no turning back. So what if somebody says this? What you, you just have all these emotions going through your head because now you're exposed. It's mm -hmm. kind of like squeezing toothpaste out of the, you know, out of your out of the toothpaste bottle. You can't put it back. Yeah, it's out there. You're definitely putting yourself out there, but yeah. for the right reasons. Yes. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So and, and that's what it was all about, because I also had some pushback. Um, I was told by several folks who've been in the industry for a long time um that will never happen um this is not a place for that kind of stuff in tv and uh, that stuff just drives you i mean that's what m that's what makes makes people successful though that's right having negativity thrown in your face and you'd be like nah, i, got I need this. that fuel yeah and that's the the perfect thing for my neurology <laughs> that's the way i'm built tell me what i can't mm -hmm. do and i'm doing it well, you're running against this person. You know he's a world-class son. Mm, but I put my pants on the same way he does, yeah. so we're going to go at it. Yeah. You know, and so I've always been told 
well, you're, you're not clinical enough, so you got to be more clinical when you sell and this, that, no. No, I'm going to organically sell what I know based on my personality, my skill sets. So if you believe in yourself and the gifts and skill sets that you have and you use them to your best of your ability, not to get recognition, not to get anything, but just to be the best you you can be, ultimately the awards will come. Yeah. They just do organically if you're not looking for them. If you're doing it for the right reasons. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to inspire some people through fishing because it's never been done. Um, and ultimately, it's turned out well. We've won quite a few awards, I guess 15 total. Yeah. Um, been nominated for different things. So it's pretty exciting it how is. this whole turn in life uh, has happened for me. It's like another career. And then I didn't grow up in TV, so I didn't know a lot of things. I didn't even know what a B-roll was. So it's just been a lot of learning, and I like to learn something new. So that's a great opportunity to grow as well. Yeah, yeah and you get in, in just a short, and I don't really consider myself in the industry, I guess, but the short amount of time I've been exposed to the industry, you know, on a professional level, you know, um, everybody knows each other, and you've gotten to work with, I know, some people that you probably looked up to growing up. And oh, I mean, my goodness. I see you now doing commercials and stuff with people like Roland Martin. Oh, and my all goodness. All the stuff with the, you know, your relationship with Bass Pro Shops and all this. And it's like, I just can't imagine how cool that's got to be. Oh, it's you know? just overwhelming because uh, <coughs> uh, something uh, was said to me the other day um, by my oldest son. And it made me emotional because he said something that, uh, you know, because you just keep moving and doing what you're doing. And he's very successful. He has his own uh, business called Gridwise. He's a CEO, mm-hmm. and it's done extremely well. But one of the things he said to me, he said, Dad, and I know how busy he is, he says, you know what's amazing? He's on the phone. He says, remember, we used to always, all these products we've been around since we were kids that you always teeter with in the garage, Mercury, and you literally would go to Bass Pro Shop like every Friday or Sunday <laughs> after church. And then he talked about, he says, now you're the face. Yeah. He said, Dad, that is so incredibly impressive. He says, you know, and I never expect to hear this from your son. He's like, but man, I'm proud to call you Dad. Yeah, that's that cool, man. did me in. Oh, I was yeah, like, I'm man, sure really? I'm like, look at man. You ain't supposed <laughs> to be trying to make me cry. I got a meeting in a minute. Yeah. I can't be doing that to me. But it did did something to me because just when you think uh, your kids uh, don't hear you and you instruct them and tell them all these things, and mm-hmm. but the one thing that they do more than anything is watch what you do more than what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I hope you know. I hope that we're. You know, me and my wife do a good job, you know, leading our kids oh, you know, yeah. down the right path and, and being good role models for them. And that's what every parent wants to be. And, and um, you know, and that's kind of kind of how we um, got connected with the show, you know, is with the with the stuff that with the youth. I mean, with the yes. kids, you know, trying to provide that role model with them, you know, with our Coastal Brigade program and, and stuff. And um, that's an incredible uh, program, by the way. It is. Uh, I, I love just being in that environment with Coastal Brigade because I learned so much just about how you can, because it takes a lot to capture the attention of a child and get them engaged. All the kids mm-hmm. were engaged. Yeah. You guys you guys have done a fantastic yeah, I mean, job. I mean, the whole Texas Brigade's program has been around for n- nearly 30 years now. Mm. And um, um, just 
just the impact that it's had on so many lives mm -hmm. is, is just incredible and, and you know we've been involved with it for about 11 mm. 11 years now i guess and uh just to seeing the kids that went through the program now graduated Come college back. and then you know now they're out in the world doing you know mm -hmm. doing doing their thing and uh, and being productive members of society and and uh, become conservationists and you know and that camp's not all about making it by a biologist sure. or anything like that sure. it's just developing lighting that fire you know in their belly to to get them out and do what they want to do mm -hmm. you know and this might be an avenue that they go down it might not be sure but um you know it's just giving them the knowledge and the 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 possibility that's you know, all they need. Yeah. Just give them that possibility. There ain't a lot of positivity in the world these days. No, and, it's, um, it's a lot it's going a, on. And it's uh, cool to be a, a part of that um, that that whole program. So, but um, um, how did uh, you know? Like when the, when when you when you got the show, you've had you've had so many great guests on the show mm -hmm. over the years. You know, and, and um. How I mean? How do you go about your process of picking mm -hmm. that? I mean, how does that work? It has I mean, a, I know a, people a be mixture of that. everything. So we do have a board, and because we get a lot of submittals online through our contact us page, or even through social media channels, when they'll send us messages and it's long stories and mm -hmm. whatnot, and and we go through. And then there's also the other organic part of my gut. Right, I can be out and about in the elevator and I'm just never meet a stranger and I'm just talking, mm -hmm. having a com conversation. And then there's just this intuition, like what an incredible story. Yeah. Somebody, and I'm always thinking about our audience, not necessarily thinking about me. I'm thinking about our audience. What would that do for our audience members? Because mm -hmm. sometimes if, if you really think about it, when you go through things in life, you always feel like you're the only one that's been through it. Yeah. And that's the wor worst thing that can happen for your mental health because the more you're isolated and insulated, uh, ultimately it can be destructive to your mind. Too much time in your hand. really so a lot right now. Yes. And so you see the mental health aspect of COVID is really, you know, being talked about a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think with our show, we want people to see, hey, guess what? You see this superstar athlete or you see this colonel who was in the Marines or you see this person that's doing this. And ultimately, they had challenges in life as well. And look where they ended up. And yeah. that's what we want to show people is like there's always a brighter side. There's some dark days that people go through. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had my fair share. And I'm sure you have as well. Yep. But at the end of the day, we're sitting here and there's something that keeps us going and driven. And that's what you want people to do is just give them a lifeline to say, hey, man, there's always a way. And the sun will shine again someday. Yeah, I know. And, and talking about camp while I go, you know, I, was, I, was tr I lost my train of thought for a second. But, uh, you know, it's like we work all year for that one week. Mm. You know, to make that so good. And, man, by the time Kim starts, you know, you're almost worn out a lot of times <laughs> yeah. before it even starts. And then, you're, and then uh -huh. you're around those kids for yes. five days. I mean, every one of yeah. us that's involved with any of these, these programs, man, when you're when it's over, uh -huh. you're just reinvigorated. And you're ready uh -huh. to do it all over again. Well, you I know, never forget when I talked to one of those yeah, kids. Yeah, you, you can label me. And then, 
I shook their hand and I talked to them. I felt like I was talking to a professor. I'm not kidding you. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I was like, hey, man, can I volunteer for your, for the Coastal Brigade myself? Yeah. It yeah. was unreal, man, the amount of information. And I don't think they can appreciate it until they come back and they've gone to college and they're like, man, this is Breeze. Mm -hmm. I learned all this in Coastal Brigade. Yeah. And then they come back and even be mentors. And mm -hmm. that's a powerful, powerful connection. Yep. yep. So, and uh, I don't know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we can coax you back over there next summer. So man, I'd love to. See if we can get you over there. But, um, but um, we're, uh, you know, I ask this with a lot of people, but um, you've done so good in the last five years uh -huh. plus. And then um, where do you see this going i mean i know you got some other stuff on the radar and stuff but uh mm -hmm. as far as this show um i mean this can go on for forever sure you know it's a lot of work i mean that's one thing i, I do want to mention you know i've talked to a couple people that have their own shows and stuff but people understand you know it's just like guiding yes there's a lot more than what you see it's behind the scenes i mean it's more. not like you just get up and go film a tv show yes there's so much behind the scenes stuff pre-production stuff yes research i guess you've got to do yes and even the whole mindset one of the things that people don't know is that before i start to interview a person i literally try to isolate my mind because everything is organic and what i mean by that whether i'm on the boat and we're together fishing you may think that i'm kind of gotten a little distant but i'm isolating my mind so that i can really absorb the person that i'm with to have a really good dialogue because mm -hmm. I think it's important to tell someone's story with conviction versus just to going through the motions just to make a show yeah uh, I, I think it's important that's the least I could do yeah so I do that and uh, uh, my producer uh, sometimes he, he laugh at me he goes Ronnie's going to his isolated time where I just walk away and I just go walking mm -hmm. this is right after we come back off the water and I find a way to just collect myself because we have a lot of fun on the boat and catching fish and all yeah. that. Now you got to decompress and really gather yourself and have a dialogue telling someone's story without notes. Just mm -hmm. literally organic. Because I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah, unless you're with us and then it rains on us all day. <laughs> I think we had one of the craziest probably film days you've we ever had. Did. I mean, we got stuck out on the water for like three and a half hours from thunderstorms and... I remember asking you because we couldn't even fish. Yep. Like, we fished like five minutes and then got blown off the water. It and was then the crazy. It came out like, of well, nowhere. Have you ever filmed one of these shows and never had, never caught anything? He was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, man, but no one but, uh, ever. God was looking out for us that day. Yeah, we finally man. got to go back out. I think it was like five or six o'clock yeah. that yeah. evening. And then we whacked them pretty good for we an did. hour. It was fun. So, I uh, mean, and I had a ball just with you and Char. It was, you guys are a powerful, powerful team, man. Well, we've been yeah, really yeah. lucky to. Man, it was just very blessed to meet her and be yeah, y'all story was unbelievable. Be together, so yeah, um, that's one hard working girl. Yes, sir. So if you're listening to this, I'm bragging on you. So. <laughs> but uh, and your wife too, man. Yes, she's in the medical field, and she's yes. uh, she's quite the go getter. Yes, well she from is. What I've she heard is. From you, so she is uh, uh, every bit of the hard work that she has to have three, four, five jobs is what I tease her mm. about because she's an <laughs> anesthesiologist, pain management doctor. Then she has her series sixty three, series seven. I was like, why do you have all this? She's like, just because. Yeah. I was like. Hey, babe, can I ask you a question? Is that a Jamaican thing or is that just something? <laughs> She's <laughs> laughing. But she knows that uh, 
we make a powerful team in the sense of knowing our roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all role players in a marriage. Uh, no one is, oh, you're the, and you're the, no, everybody has a role because we're a team. Yep. We win together and we lose together. And she is uh, my rib. She's my backbone. Um, she's my consultant. And then she's even my confidant when I'm having some uh, doubts even about myself mm-hmm. concerning something. And, and you got to have that. That's a yeah. sacred place. Yeah. It's, it's, just your, it's your own support system. Yeah, and, man. Uh, it's, um, it's good to have that strength at yes. home and, and at work and through, through, throughout. I mean, just being able to call somebody during the day and be like, hey, you know, how's it going, you know? Yes. Try to do that at least once or twice a day, you know, and, and you know, my wife's been forced to work at home most of this year, and, and then uh, we chose to keep our daughter at home sure. for school, and so that's been a struggle, because mm. my work schedule doesn't really allow me to be mm-hmm. um, at home a whole lot during the week, and, and uh, um, so I am when I have, you know, when I've got to be there, I'll, I'll make sure it's happening, but, but uh, man, it's a... It's been a tough year for everybody. It really has. You know, and we're, you know, we were talking about this um, with some friends last week. You know, it's like, you know, 2020 sucked. You know, it's the worst <laughs> year ever. You know, <laughs> and it's right. like we probably say that about every year. Yeah, we do. But uh, I don't no. want to jinx it because I don't want 2021 no. to be any worse. You know, I, I think 2020 has gone on for 11 years. Yeah. It's the longest year I have ever seen. But there's been a lot of, although there's been a lot of really dark places, it's also been some really, believe it or not, some really positive things. Mm-hmm. Because people have been forced to do things that they weren't. connect with people, man. I mean, Their I own families. A lot of people are isolated, but a lot of people are being forced to, you know, in a good way, you know, to, to spend more time with your family and your yes. kids. And, and, um, Try and something stuff. you've never done before. Yeah. Fishing. I know one thing. It has helped the outdoor industry. Yes, I mean, sir. I've, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's like I've never seen so many people out mm-hmm. on the water. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was out with uh, my buddy Chris this week here in Tampa, man, when we were talking, it's like weekdays are like weekends and <laughs> weekends are like holidays now. <laughs> That's how many people are out on the water. That's you know? a and it's, lot of people. It's, it's insane. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, I went fishing a couple of weeks ago in, in, at home and, uh, um, you know, usually by this time, people are out hunting and yes. stuff. So a lot of the water, you know, traffic has died down. September, you know, you got teal season, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And, the, um, dude, it was like one of the busiest days I'd seen all year. I mean, there was probably 220 trailers at the boat ramp and just, like, took an hour to get the boat out of the water. It's like, man, if I knew it was going to be this bad when we came back, I would have wanted to come here. So, well, and then you, you got, then you, know, you talk about boat ramps, man. Then you know, yeah, the man. you know, it's like comedy <laughs> hour, you know, watching people trying to load their, their boats, you they know, like they jackknife twice Uh-oh. a year, yes. So, and then, uh, folks who are buying boats n- that never ever fished before, yeah. never driven a boat, yeah. So, there's a lot going on, a lot of good entertainment here or there. <laughs> so, so, this brings up a good point, and I know we were both talking about Bill Dance earlier, but with your show, there's got to be some things that have happened oh, uh, that man. would uh, make for a good uh, blooper reel and stuff like that what are some of the funniest things that have happened while y'all were oh playing? there's so many uh usually it's probably me uh trying to do a spot or talk yeah and i'm uh, just a clown i like to have a lot of fun life is short and after bringing being in the military and seeing some really dark places and and people losing their lives and this, that, and the other, you learn to appreciate the small things in life. Mm-hmm. And so I like to have a good time. 
and I like to clown. But sometimes I have to turn that off. That's hard. <laughs> so when I'm doing a spot and I have to cut, uh, take number 25, Ronnie. <laughs> and it might be one sentence. And before I can even get my mouth to open, I'm laughing. And we're all just in stitches, man. Grind. Then I might do some kind of dance and do some old school dance and do something. We just have a lot of fun. Yeah. And then uh, if I know I'm getting ready to mess up, I'll just start talking and then say something that has nothing to do with the show, just talking. And, and, and it's just so much fun. And we capture a lot of that. And as a matter of fact, we made it kind of a part of the segment in the show. Um, so it's like when we come back from a certain commercial, um, that's the immediate thing we go into. It's just a montage of funny stuff. <laughs> And uh, people have liked it, and uh, yeah. our producer said, Roddy, you have a lot of funny spots, dude. You got to do something with it. I was like, some of the stuff I don't like to laugh at, and some <laughs> of the stuff I didn't really mean to do. And, but it's always a lot of fun, and, that, and that's what it's about. So you never know, because everything is organic. You never know what it's like. And I remember listening to one interview Bill Dance did about yeah. the, his blooper videos, which is what he's probably best known for. Huge. And he's like, it was, it was basically just trash sitting over on the side and one of the guys was playing with it and started putting a couple clips together and then next thing you know everybody wanted to air that wow and then uh, just think how many of those videos he sold oh he's because everybody's got i i i I love watching if i don't see it at least once every six months i feel like i'm missing something yeah yeah, he is hilarious and he's such a great guy he really is Mm -hmm. there's a lot of legends in this sport yeah. And one of the things that I realize about Bill Dance, he is the real deal. He is very That's a genuine. Good yes. And I remember the first time I met him, just how kind he was to yeah. him, me and Charles when we met him at ICAST, I think the first uh-huh. time we went. And, uh, and just happened to, and we had just got there, first day of the show, I don't remember if we was in the Garmin booth or mm-hmm. um, Zepco or something, and he was just standing over leaning against the counter, <laughs> like he just got there, and nobody was around him, and we were just kind of looked at each other, and... And I was like, you know who that is? Yeah. And uh, we were there. I think we talked to him for probably 20 minutes. Wow. Before somebody whisked him away. Yeah. You know, his first meeting or whatever. But, uh-huh. uh, um, man, he was, you know, he's the godfather of the fishing industry. He really is. And uh, I don't think people realize um, how much mm-hmm. stuff he's involved with. And, and um, you know, just everybody looks up to him. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those guys. You know, Jimmy Rowland. You and I have watched you know, him when yeah. we were younger. I mean, yeah. and yeah, then and, uh, when he I, recognized who I was. That literally just like you, you thought I, I just met a rock star and like a, you know, I just got an autograph from the biggest star in the world. Yeah. Because I didn't even know he knew my name or my show. Yeah. yeah. And when he said that, I was just like so blown away because he's such a really genuine person. Forget mm-hmm. about the show. Forget about, but yeah. he's a good person. Yep. So, yep. Cool dude. And the, um, that's just the fishing industry in it general, is. I think. I mean, everybody's so good. There's always going to be some a few bad apples and stuff you got to deal with. But mm-hmm. for the most part, man, I mean, it's just a big family. It really so, is. And, Our uh, passion I never, is. I never really realized how small the industry really is. I mean, everybody Tiny. knows each other. Everybody. You know, and, and uh, people work for different companies mm-hmm. and move around a bunch. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, and... Uh, I think a lot of I think a lot of good stuff's going to come out of this year, um, the way things have changed and stuff, and mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm sure it's you know it's affected everybody as far as like sponsor, of course stuff just because financially this year has just been kind of a weird up and down year for so many different companies and things like that. But you know you've been really lucky. 
and um, be able to maintain a real stable core of people that you work with. And, and, uh, and I know. love them, folks. And, yeah. and starting first and foremost with Bass Pro Shops. I mean, the yeah. industry standard, they have been here, and we've all been communicating, you know, throughout the whole process with COVID. Uh, Mercury Marine, another incredible mm -hmm. sponsor, of course, Power Pole. And Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits. Yep. If you don't have a Cinco, you're probably not a good fisherman. Yep. <laughs> yep. I had plenty of those in my tackle box when I was growing up. Man, I remember, yeah. I remember using those all the time. So, yeah. uh, But that's cool. And, you know, you got to do a lot of... Oh, cool stuff. I mean, you got your Maui Jim hat on. I mean, yeah. y'all did a trip to Hawaii. Yes, we did. Was it last year, the year before? Yes, yeah. and that's a great sponsor as well. Really, they're so much bigger than the fishing industry, per yeah. se. And I, and I wanted to align myself with a company that is really broad um, mm -hmm. because you can reach everybody. If you reach just the fishing industry to such a small population of, of folks, but... Maui Jim is everywhere, golfers, yeah. you know, NASCAR, uh, a lot of entertainers, a lot of entertainers. And uh, so, and, and we've had an incredible relationship with them as well. Reactor Watches, the same. It's just so many good, good sponsors that have hung in there and uh, uh, especially with it's everything going on. It's tough these days. So, I mean, that really shows a lot, um, mm -hmm. how much you know everybody supports you and stuff and uh um yeah i think everybody everybody will get through this time um it's just i don't know it's just it's just been a weird year it has but um you know who would have ever thought did you could you have ever predicted last year going into 2020 you know everybody has a big yeah. celebration you know hey happy new year yeah and and here we are um, all just happy to literally be alive mm -hmm. because of everything that's going on. Yeah, a lot of lot of change, a lot for the good, a lot for the bad. But mm -hmm. but um, you know. Mm -hmm. So when somebody Person asks you, "How you doing, man?" I'm doing great because I'm above ground and not under. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting real fish. <laughs> yes, sir. The water's calling me. So, but uh, well, um, we've been on here for a while, but uh, have you got a? Uh, any last things you'd like to say? And No, uh, I'd like to say thank you, Derek, uh, first of all, for what you and Char do with community and the impact you have on so many kids. It, it will just resonate throughout beyond the fishing industry and will right. continue to help this industry grow. Um, and then thank you for being such an ambassador to allow people like myself to tell our stories uh, on your podcast. I yeah. love what you do, man. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, thanks. It's been an honor to have you on, and um, um, hopefully, hopefully we'll do it again. I know we're already talking about possibly a maybe a tuna trip yes, and sir. turkey hunting next Ooh, spring. Oh, my so, two favorites, and um, don't forget some elk, too. Yeah, <laughs> so, but, um, man, this has been uh, been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story and, um, you know, how much – you know, you've you've made a big impact in, in people, you know, through the show and, and, and through the other it. walks of life. So mm -hmm. um, we're going to uh, hopefully be able to tag some stuff on the show notes and stuff for everybody, some links to your show sure. on your YouTube channel and stuff. And um, and uh, please check out A Fishing Story. And what, what is it airing on right now? And it's how can people reach you through uh, social media and stuff? It's airing on CBS Sports every Monday at 10.30 a.m. Okay. And then uh, you can reach us uh, at our social media channels, at A Fishing Story underscore Ronnie Green, um, at A Fishing Story TV, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, 
and of course on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Do you tweet as much as the president? Uh, I do not. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm still. I have a person that runs a lot of that, and I'm just happy yeah. that he knows how to do the twittering. Yeah, that's one I'm thing still. I into. Yeah, Twitter, I'm still Twitter figuring stuff, that out. So. I'm like, did I tweet or did I twat? Did tweet, tweet, what, what, twat, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's good. And, uh, you know, please reach out, you know, through the through the social media and, and uh, check the show out if you haven't already. And um, I know you can catch um, catch it on, uh, is it still on Amazon? No, yes, it's it still is. Some, some on Amazon. Amazon and then we're also uh, on Pluto TV as Pluto, well. Yep. yep. So. so. Lots of ways to, to get a hold of the show and, sure. and check it out. And uh, I can't wait for some of the episodes with some of the guests you got coming up. So big things coming for Mr. Ronnie Green and the fishing story. So anyway, thanks a lot. Thank and, you. And, um, man, let's, uh, let's go grab some lunch. Man, you don't have to tell me <laughs> twice. Mexican all day long, baby. All right, man. Well, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Okay, folks. That's going to do it for this episode. I want to have a... A huge thank you to Mr. Ronnie Green for being on the show. Really appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to sit down with us for a while and uh, and share his story and talk about the the his career and the impacts he's made on people's lives in the fishing world and elsewhere. And um, just a really cool, really cool conversation. Hope everyone enjoyed it and just want to thank everybody again so much for listening to our show. And really would like. Um, if you can share it with a friend, you know, um, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, like our page, you know, leave a review, whatever, send in guest reviews at Derek at impactoutdoorspodcast.com um, or send us some notes. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys and uh, we're coming up on Christmas. So really want to make sure everybody has a great Christmas um, and uh, enjoys time with their, with their f- close families and stuff. And, uh, practice social distancing all that in, in the right ways and stuff and um, we'll get ready and see what 2021's got in store for us so until next time thank you guys again and we'll see you down the road you're listening to the waypoint podcast network brought to you in part by hunt stand the number one hunting and land management app Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.